truth, justice, and the American way. We'll tear your soul apart. Hello, and welcome to Ramjack and the Ballad of the Bloodlust Berserkers. Guys, I am Alex, and joining me today in the Ramjack studios would be Brad. Hello. And of course, Jonathan. Hello, everyone. Everyone got their birth certificates? God damn, Brad. You got them? We don't have to have birth certificates to podcast. Yes, you do. Wait. Hold on. Wait. Wait. Oh, oh. wait a minute. Jonathan? Oh. Uh. Ah, uh, oh, damn it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it is. I'm sorry. Jonathan, where were you born? Where was I born? Uh, in Owensboro. Wow. Did you see the delay before I answered the yeah, question? I, Maybe we do need birth certificates before we podcast, because I know where Brad was born. Uh, so where were you born? I, Tennessee. Were you? Yeah, Dyersburg. You really? Really? Yeah. You got your papers? Somewhere. In, somewhere. I don't trust either one of you. Jonathan, what's Look, your excuse? I was born in Owensboro, Kentucky, and I feel I have a right to help host this podcast as part of this trio. And if you feel otherwise, you know, just shoot me in the head and bury me at sea. Just shoot me in the head and bury me at sea, I suppose. Because that's what criminals get in this country. <laughs> well, that seems kind of rash, Jonathan. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so Jonathan's proved he's American. Alex, if we kill him, are you excited about it? Does it make you happy? No, I, does, I think does, I already mentioned that I think that's silly, no. It doesn't fill you with joy to see our enemy killed? Well, Jonathan's You don't want to go to the streets and wave a flag and shoot fireworks and, and <laughs> celebrate? Definitely not. Don't you know that patriotism is defined in bloodshed and destruction? That's what we're all about. Alex, I'm not getting a bloodthirst from you. I don't think you're going to get one. Alex, you're not an American. <laughs> Guys, you heard it here first on Ramjack. I may not be American. If there was a sneaky immigrant who tried to get into this Ramjack studio and try to be the fourth corner of a podcasting host quartet, I would shoot him in the head and bury him at sea. <laughs> That's what I would do. And, and I, I would finish. expect the same treatment of me. <laughs> Just the concept of that fills me with joy and excitement. I, I love Jonathan's like, I want the same treatment myself if I was an immigrant. See, that's, Jonathan's a true American. He's a patriot. Because he and the reason loves I would want to be buried at sea. I love it. And the reason I would want to be buried at sea is so that my followers... Uh, oh, I probably shouldn't tell you that I have followers. Um, I met Twitter followers. <laughs> we wouldn't want them treating me as a... I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them to martyrize. Uh, I wouldn't want to be a martyr is what I'm saying. Um, I don't have followers. I was talking about Twitter. I'm kind of questioning Jonathan, but I still feel he's more of an American than you, Alex. Well, the only reason I question oh, Jonathan definitely. is right now, guys... Anyone who listens to the podcast knows that Brad and I, we currently reside in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Fun times. Great little city if you're having, you know, just like mediocre fun. Um, but Jonathan lives <laughs> all the way up in Chi-Town. And right now I'm a little suspect because he's coming to us via video chat. Right. And his video comes in and out sometimes, a little pixelated. I don't really know if he's broadcasting from Chicago, to be honest. Jonathan, where are you right now? Look, I am in Chicago. Uh, true, there's very little video footage of me. I release it. You know, only sporadically so that my follower... God damn it! I shouldn't keep talking about my followers. Yeah, that, that whole followers mm. thing is also kind of suspect, Jonathan. You might want to... I mean, I know. We both know you were born in Orangeboro and that you're fine. Guys, but, I we, mean, we've been podcasting a little while and we haven't really um, taken joy in someone's death for a few minutes now. And I just... I really need to get that going again. 
Guys, can we go around? Just Let's shoot somebody in the head and bury them at sea. Yay! Who's How with about me? USA, 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 USA. Why isn't Alex saying it? USA, you. Oh, come on, Alex. Guys, can we take a serious note for a second? <laughs> yes. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I don't know. Fucking Our bloodthirsty a savages. <laughs> We're a fucking mess. I mean, we got and him, I you... guess, but yeah. I don't understand. I mean, we got him. It's just weird. Yeah. I was not expecting that. You always you always hope for the best in people, right? I mean, I do. I'm always like, you sure. know what? Maybe people aren't as, you know, I guess bloodthirsty or vengeful or I guess... No. What am I looking for? Until something like this happens. And um, Twitter goes nuts. Facebook goes nuts. And people just emote immediately from the hip and they're just like, yeah. It's fucking repulsive. It's gross. It's, 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 it's absolutely repulsive. And I read this article earlier today at work about how people are angry. They're angry that he was buried at sea because... They, they interviewed the wife of a victim of 9-11, and she said, I wanted to see the body. I wanted to know what... what I, ha- I did not want to have a shadow of a doubt about the fact that he was dead. I wanted him in front of me. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You are so filled with vengeance and just bloodthirsty hate that you need to see a body dragged in front of you so that you can fucking, what, pelt rocks at it? Hang it from a tree? I don't understand what kind of Hammurabi's code bullshit we still apply ourselves to, but apparently it's—I don't know. Here's the you thing: you killed us, we kill you now, yeah. cavemen. I, I don't, you know, you know. So you survived 9/11. Terrible things happen. You may have lost people. That's horrible. That does not give you any sort of excuse to be a freaking caveman. You have to rise. I read all that. of these. I would, yeah, we have to rise by the we, we have to rise above tweets that say, "I feel so patriotic today." You feel patriotic, really? You know, here's well, here's, good. You know what would make me feel patriotic if we had taken him? Because I and I'm not sure about the veracity of this because I just heard this a few hours ago that um, when they took him, um, Osama bin Laden personally was unarmed. I would have loved it if we could have taken him into custody and tried him and well, have him answer for his crimes well, and, actually, thing, and actually and uh, actually you know locked him up. See, because heard, that's what you do. Where did you hear that from? Because all the other sources that I've heard said that he was in gunfight with them, and they shot. Yeah, him yeah, in there the was head. definitely yeah, there was a gunfight, but they took everyone out, and he was unarmed. And okay, I, yeah. I haven't heard that. Did you hear that it was like so, simulcast to the White House yeah. while they were doing it? Isn't that crazy? That is I that mean, is crazy. So I mean, crazy from like a tech seem... perspective. That's just awesome. But oh, I sure. Mean, but yeah, it is insane. Right. Well, the the idea that, you know, if he was unarmed, surely he was surrounded by people who were armed. I, you know, and, it very well might have been the case, but... Uh, and again, this just just a couple of hours ago that this I mean, broke. It's it's been about a decade, guys. I mean, maybe he was laxing. Maybe he and, thought he was scot-free. Well, and I think you could make, I think you could make a but, real case that um, bringing him into custody might have been dangerous. Like... Sure. Like, I mean... Getting you know, him out of the having, country. Having him live could have been a danger and that is something to argue but i still say it would have been amazing and wonderful if we could have taken him live and mm-hmm. questioned him and actually held him to justice which killing someone i don't see that as justice whatever however the hell you want to find justice one thing the, that the problem is that well go ahead oh i was just gonna say i think the i kept thinking about it from all those different angles you know if we had captured him brought him back and at the end of every option, I just thought to myself, well, death 
death for him was an inevitability. Like, it doesn't matter how it would have worked out if we, you know, shot him in the face right then and there, if we bought him, if we brought him over here and did some sort of kangaroo court military secret tribunal in a bunker 300 yeah. feet below the ground. Like, in, in any situation, that man would have been, he would have had his neck snapped and there would have been no other repercussion. So, that is the we're reality. a nation that yeah. needs to kill. We, we yeah. need that, I don't know, our, our collective mob mentality is kill him. He, He's a villain in a but how, goddamn movie. But how great would it have been if he had just, if he had served out the rest of his life in a cell somewhere? Oh, it would have been amazing. That, I mean, that would have been great. And as we're a country founded on law, I think that would definitely uh, be preferable, but it would never fucking happen because we're fucking savages. And think about this. If he'd have been over here in like a prison, he would have had all the comforts of prison. He would have gotten to know America in a way he's never known America before. In the end, he probably would have <laughs> loved us. And then who's winning now? I think we should start a program. I think we should start a program for terrorists who are brought over to our country and are in prison. They have to raise a bald eagle. You know, it has a broken wing. They Mm -hmm. have to mend it. it They have to bond with the eagle. And then at the end of it, they leave the prison and they love this country. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's how about w- those myths? <laughs> how about those myths that are already surrounding the story about how he used his wife as a human shield? Not true. Yeah. And also, uh, oh shit, what's the other one? Um, no. uh, I guess I'm just thinking about the 600 conspiracy theories about how he's been oh. dead since 2002, and yeah. we just unthawed him and put a bullet in his head and was like, "Ha, we got him!" What kind of hey conspiracy theorist? Shut up for once. Just shut up. He wasn't dead in 2002. Just shut up. <laughs> I, I also heard that when they first broke in, he was at like a table and he was playing what might have been poker with Hitler uh-huh. um, and Mussolini. I, and Elvis Presley. Strangely enough. Oddly enough. You he, think Elvis would have been like? Well, no, he's the one. No. That, he's the one that told the government because you know he's FBI. <laughs> oh, that would, well, that you know, makes Elvis sense. was yeah. the kind of guy. Wow, Elvis was the kind of guy that never really judged people on an action basis. He just saw people as either interesting or boring. He was like, "Oh, these." Uh, I'm gonna do an Elvis impression now. Oh, these. Uh, these cats are. Uh, they're cool. They're cool with me, Elvis. I'm gonna play <laughs> poker with Hitler, Mussolini, and Osama bin Laden. Whoa. <laughs> I love that that's, that's an Elvis impersonation where it's really more of you just... I, guys, right now, I'm going to be Elvis when I talk. <laughs> and then, okay, guys, just so you know, in the next second that you hear my voice, I'm going to be Elvis. Whoa! What did he eat? Ban- ban- I forgot Elvis was on Blossom. Yeah, yeah Elvis was I, on Blossom. See, when Elvis went deep undercover, mm-hmm. he went for, you know, for the betterment of our country. He right. was asked. Because right. he served in the military. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. I mean... That makes so much sense. Guys, I think we stumbled onto what actually happened. Defo. Elvis. Did you guys ever see... You guys ever <laughs> Elvis see, uh, is a rat. Who knew? Did you ever see Clambake? Did you ever see the movie Clambake with Elvis? Mm. No, but a Clambake sounds it's, uh, fun. Pretty, it's pretty great. Also, There's a huge Clambake at the center of the movie. And they even, sing a song called, Clambake, gonna have a Clambake. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game? No, what's that movie? It's, it's a musical with uh, Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra. And it's about baseball. Early, early baseball. It's amazing, though, and I love it. And it's the only thing that's gotten me excited about baseball in a long time. But there's a song in there that's randomly about a clam bake, too. Like, they're like, I was going to invite you to a clam bake. And they're like, a clam bake? A clam bake? Clam bake! (laughs) Well, hot damn! Instant (laughs) segue to the uh, clam bake. And they actually do a wonderfully patriotic song. Um, Patriotism. USA. USA. Come on, Brad. USA. U.S.A. I can't anymore. I can't even pretend. Brad would be more like, oh, Canada. And I don't know how the rest of their thing goes, but... Someday. 
Canada, come now, come take me away. Now Alex is accusing Brad of being unpatriotic. It's it's it all goes full circle. Circle of life. Guys, really quick, just to say this, I think the last time I felt patriotic, like seriously in my life, was when I was in seventh or eighth grade. I was just really learning about our founding fathers and everything, and not like the little stuff that we learned, especially in the horrible education system that was in Tennessee. But like seriously, George like Washington investigating, chopped down like, a cherry tree. <laughs> yeah, seriously investigating the founding fathers and like the things Thomas Jefferson would say. And I listened to the national anthem when I was a kid, just like I guess thinking about how the country was formed. Like you know what, that's pretty cool. And you know what, we're doing some pretty fun stuff. And you know what, freedom is awesome. I'm glad we live in a democracy <laughs> or a republic or whatever we have. That was the height of the Clinton administration. Go on, Mayor Alex. How do you Good feel about times. freedom? I love it. I think I it's love pre- freedom. I think it's a pretty good thing. I'm glad we have freedom. That was the last <laughs> time. Anybody want a paper? <laughs> that was the last time I felt patriotic in my life, and I was a child. How old are you? Like 12, 13 at that point? Um, well, apparently, according to Obama's speech uh, regarding Osama bin Laden's death, we were all united on 9-11. All of us? Really, Mr. President? Are you sure? How about the Middle Easterners down the street who run the little grocery store that had their, like, windows bashed in with rocks? Yeah. Because there were racists who thought, oh, they have brown skin, just like the terrorists who blew up nine on 9-11. I'm going to fucking throw a rock through their window. That's not unity. <laughs> we got to get them. We, all, how about we always turn against the people we hate. How about when we announced we're in high school on 9-11 and all hell breaking loose? <laughs> Dude, that was crazy. And everyone's like, we need justice. We've got to go get them. That one guy, <laughs> well... I wish you'd have been in my English class because that was almost too much. Dude, I remember, like, it was almost a surreal moment where we were talking about it the day it happened. And uh, I actually got out of classwork, which was awesome. Have we talked about this before? I think so. We had to do, uh, just as a quick recap. Alex's favorite part of 9-11 was getting out of his homework. Yes, no homework. I might have. Well, also, bear in mind, I was crazy religious at the time. So I spent most of that day in prayer uh, talking. Me and Yahweh just having a one-on-one. Like, God, (laughs) I don't know why this is happening. But this is pretty no, nice. My first I want actually, revenge, but is that what you want? <laughs> no, I even even in the thick of religion, I was never like that. My first thought when I okay. saw like the planes, or like when someone told me what was happening, was that oh my fuck! I mean, like China or Russia is attacking, we are fucked. But of course, that's not knowing anything about. Oh wait, those are just the planes going into the World Trade Center. Not to belittle it by saying just that's happening, but you know what I mean. At least it wasn't a full-on invasion. You saw Red, you saw Red Dawn one too many times, and you thought Red Dawn was happening. I actually Red whispered. Dawn. I grabbed my face and whispered, Wolverines. Just ready. Looking out the windows, waiting for those paratroopers, Jonathan. But no, so English class came around. We were, we were discussing the Canterbury Tales, maybe? We had to get the, the first like paragraph of that memorized in Old English, which is fucking ridiculous. And we got to English class, and even though 9-11 was happening, I still was, like, studying the whole time. Like, fuck, okay, God, praying, like, God, thank you for it not being the Russians or or the Chinese. They were attacking us for some odd reason. Again, I was a child. Um, But you know what? Brad, access access your sense memory. Go. Relive that day. Relive that moment. Shed the tears that you shed at that time for America. Yeah, I didn't, didn't do that. Well, I say all that to say, and I was studying, but when we got to English class, my teacher said, you know what, there's more important things in life. You don't have to learn this. And we were all really relieved. But we went around and talked about how it made us feel. And Brad, you know the people yeah. that I would be referencing with this. Oh, but a lot fuck. of people were like, God damn it. Why does fucking... I want to go I want to go right over there right now and just kill him. I want to kill him. I want to enlist. You don't even You're know who them are. I want to enlist. And I said something that was, at the time, really uncomfortable for me to say. Because I realized how emotionally charged it was in the room. 
But I questioned that. I said, like when it came to my time to talk, because I think we all had to talk, which was also weird. I said, you know, I guess, yeah, this is pretty horrible. But at the same time, I mean, let's be realistic about this. Why did they do this? What were the reasons behind it? We can't just say, let's go kill, kill, kill. Why did they do it? Was there some kind of, like, diplomacy thing happening? Like, even as a kid, I was like... Let's question this, and it wouldn't make sense to just go kill a Alex, country. Alex, we're They're the good guys, not everybody. Bad guys. They're bad guys. Guys, when They're I said that, guys. after I finished talking and said some points, the room was dead silent. Everyone just kind of looked <laughs> down for a second. The teacher kind of looked down, and they moved to the next person like I had said nothing. It was weird. First is, Alex, never deviate from the emotional script of the majority. <laughs> if you do, you're gonna be demonized. Yeah. USA, USA. Hey, can we talk about this for a second? Shut the fuck up. I mean, before I left class, I was blindfolded and I just heard like, and it seemed like bars of soap <laughs> were putting socks. And I was just beaten until I said, "God bless America." And again, Alex, I was a crazy can you come super up Christian front to the front the of the class? <laughs> but I appreciate that even back then, you you had the uh, capacity to understand what gray means, black wow. and white. What about gray? Shut the fuck up. It was nice. Wow. Current events. Current events, guys. I know, I know. Speaking of current events. What's up, Brad? Guys, all right. Now, we've gotten a little bit delayed getting this current episode out. Yeah. Um, As anyone listening knows, now, Cinco de Mayo is coming up. Mm-hmm. We've got a contest going. I think we're going to extend it until the, we record the next episode. Hmm. So, oh, okay. you have until the next time we record, which will hopefully be soon. So, you have a little bit, couple days beyond Cinco de Mayo. So just get this in before the next episode goes up. Yeah. Um, so we're just leaving it open-ended, like we're not setting a, a, a final date, really, at this point? When, when okay, this is episode 59. If episode sure. 60 is on the website, you can no longer enter the contest. The second 60 goes up, guys, it's over. It's over. So When again, you hit refresh in your iTunes folder and that starts downloading, it's over. So to all of our friends in North America, that includes Canada and Mexico, because we, we like freedom. We're Americans. We love it. We don't see borders. All you have to do is email ramjackpodcast at gmail.com and somewhere, not in the title of the email, put the word Crossfire! <laughs> and you will be entered to win an amazing box of prizes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll reveal one now. No, Brad. I'll not reveal right one. Now. I'll reveal one. Don't one of many. It. One of many. All right. It's a copy of my Panic Attack DVD. <laughs> Brad oh, Couples yes. Panic Attack DVD 2011. It's an amazing mix of things that will give you a panic attack. Yeah. One of the well, things yeah. you give us an idea of what's on that DVD? Um, there is a Ross Perot documentary. There, oh, there's a documentary about Elvis. Is Elvis alive? The Elvis Files. <laughs> Which is Sorry, we kind, of are, we kind of already spoiled that one, guys. Um, yeah. But it's hosted by Bill Bixby, which is hilarious. Um, wow, I had no idea it was hosted by Bill Bixby. Yeah. That is horrifying. There's a Howie Mandel comedy special on there, which is pure, pure late 80s, early 90s. The Watusi crowd. I believe at yeah. one point, doesn't doesn't he blow up a, like a hospital glove like it's a balloon? Of course. Of course, because that's comedy. Also, Dance and Grannies. Dance and oh, Grannies is on there. That's a, that's a workout. If you don't have any weights at home, you can empty out a water bottle and fill it with sand. I've made two myself. <laughs> oh, these are too heavy. And there's more things on there. It's an amazing DVD that will give you a panic attack. And that's just one P- of many prizes. That's one of many prizes. Give me pizza. Pepperoni? Put it on the pizza. Chicken? Put it on the pizza. Sardines? No. Jelly beans? No. Put it on the pizza. 
And I'm like, eh, put it on the pizza. Guys, you're going to want that DVD. You're going to want everything in this box, but you're definitely going to want that DVD. But you have a very limited time to enter to win said box of prizes. Again, like Brad said, when 60 goes up, it's over. Absolutely. Good luck. I did not know that um, she was in the original version of Arthur. Oh, yeah. When I saw that, I thought, no. We talked about that on the show. I forgot. It's something. But I, it's think something when, I think that's when he learned it. I know. Well, that's when I originally heard it. But I saw it recently in a magazine. They were comparing the two Arthur movies, and I saw a picture of her in Arthur, and then I saw a picture of the new woman in Arthur, and thought, "Wow, upgrade!" Oh, um, I didn't mean to talk about this. I, Alex, there's a correction because. For some reason, you said that the Arthur soundtrack wasn't available, and it very much is. I've been meaning it's to talk iTunes. about that. Jonathan, thank you so much. And you can get the, you can get the, is it John Legend who does the new version of? It's not. When you get caught between the... No, it's not. Oh, I fucking it? love it. Guys, the day after that episode went up, I went online, and apparently Amazon has some weird thing where they'll just say that certain albums that'll be coming out soon are going to be out, like, May 1st or whatever. Because there was another album I was trying to get that was released almost immediately the next day after Amazon said it wouldn't be released until much later. Um, that would be the soundtrack to Fast Five, which I didn't buy because ultimately it wasn't that great. But the Arthur soundtrack—wait <laughs> a minute—you were considering buying the soundtrack to Fast Five? Jonathan, we'll get there that in a second. But I think we should get to it now. <laughs> well, I USA. I'm looking up the Arthur. I have the original Arthur soundtrack, and guys, I cannot recommend that more. I mean, it is beautiful. Every song, there's some instrumental stuff. If you're not so much into just like modern music, there's a lot of like almost quasi folk stuff. If you're into Mumford and Sons, you'll probably love it. Um, yeah, it's just so much awesome stuff. But I guess, well, let's see. Are you mm. talking about the recent Arthur remake or the original? Yes, film? yeah, the new Arthur soundtrack. Okay. Look for Russell Brand on the cover and you'll fall in love. But the new Arthur's theme <laughs> is by Fitz and the Tantrums, and it is amazing. I love it. Uh, okay. Here's the process go to uh, Borders before it closes, you'll see a CD. A lone CD, because all of the other CDs will have been thrown away in a bonfire. <laughs> and you'll see Helen Mirren and Russell Brand. You'll fall in love. You'll get out your credit card. Hey, you'll, take it. you'll take it all. Take it all. You'll get caught between the moon and New York City. Every day. Of now, let's, let's talk about the fact that you considered buying the soundtrack to Fast Five, and that you also have seen Fast Five. How did that How treat did you? you? Yeah. Um, guys, sometimes movie franchises will surprise you. And the fact that... A single movie out of, I don't know, five or six movie franchise will, will, will uh, surpass its previous ones and will become more than the sum of the franchise. That would be Fast Five. What's not ex- Now, you're, you're, I'm sorry, you're saying you have seen the preceding four films. The only one I haven't seen is the second one because I hear it's the absolute horrible and the worst and I don't really care. But, okay, so just for context, just for listener yes. context, there's The Fast and the Furious, Too yes. Fast, Too Furious, Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, <laughs> and Fast Five. Yes. Okay. And out of all those, you've only seen, you've only not seen Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. And the best movies out of the franchise would easily be Fast Five, because Fast Five is just a fun movie. Like, it's just a good, fun movie. Um, it's perfect Ramjack bait and the fact that you can laugh and make fun of it, but it actually has some fun stuff happening. Um, and just good stuff. I mean, it's, 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 it's a fun time, but the second best Fast and the Furious movie would be Tokyo Drift for lots of reasons, mainly because they make fun of rednecks throughout the entire film. Nice. 
Brad nodded sagely. He was like, redneck mocking. Hmm, I should check this <laughs> I out. I do love redneck mockeries. <laughs> There's a character in Tokyo Drift um, who's a redneck. And he always talks with a thick southern accent. And even like other Americans make fun of his. There's a line where he says, uh, my ride. And everyone starts making laughing at him and starts mocking him in a southern accent. <laughs> my ride. <laughs> You stupid idiot. Let's race. And then they shoot him and bury him at sea. Am I right, guys? You. (laughs) Close. Um, So out of five shaved homoerotic Vin Diesel heads, how many would you give Fast Five? Five. I'm going to give it three and a half. Because it wasn't that great. I mean, it's not like it's one of the better movies I've seen, but it surprised me. I wasn't expecting what it was, but dude, speaking of homoerotic, through the entire thing, there is just <laughs> yes. like, there is ripped dudes everywhere, just like sweating, Ooh. getting really close to each other's faces, just like, Ugh. and I'm pretty sure there is a gay couple in there, though it never says it outright, which is kind of disappointing. You think there's an actual, like, gay couple yes, in the film? Yes, there's two Spaniard guys who we uh, meet in the fourth <laughs> Fast and Furious movie, Fast and Furious, um, and they come back, they, they reprise their roles, and I'm pretty sure they are a happy homosexual couple that just likes to steal they, and boost cars. What's wrong with that? That Do that they touch dick tips? Do they touch dick tips? Is no, but they say stuff, because sometimes, you know, when you hear guys, you'll say stuff like, yeah, this is, this is my bro, this is my friend. Pay no attention to my friend here. Well, they say stuff like that, but it's a little bit more... It seems like it carries more weight emotionally. They never kiss... <laughs> But it makes it seem like, oh, okay, those guys are together in a sexual way. They world. don't kiss, but they punch the shit out of each other, and that's that's love. Yeah. I should also Shut say the that fuck up. there are very attractive women in this movie. Um, I can't wait Brad. for the spinoff. Um, something else that's awesome is like characters in every Fast and Furious movie come together in this one. This is the ultimate Fast and Furious movie. If you are, it's the most fast. It's the most furious. It's the fastest. It should be one. called most fast, most furious. It's got the most. It's got the the coolest cars. Now, I am not one to normally be into cars, but recently I watched uh, an anime called um, Initial D, which has got me on a car kick. Recently, you got all your cars. You got beautiful women. You got better acting than any other Fast and Furious movie, and a surprising uh, performance by certain characters. You've got awesome characters. The guy from Tokyo Drift is in this, and I really want to see a spinoff, because of course it's set up for a spinoff for every other character in there, because they're not going to get Vin Diesel and Paul Walker back. Um, Because they're so busy. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh yeah, of course they're... Are you kidding me? I mean, they're doing... Vin Diesel will make these until he... Vin Diesel will make these until he dies. There's no way he wouldn't be involved. And I'll, I'll talk about that more in a second. But before I'm sorry, that, I'm sorry, I'm too good for this one. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. We're gonna make the pacifier two, and then the Rock's <laughs> gonna make the Tooth Fairy two, and Paul Walker's gonna make what the fuck was that movie? He's, he's gonna make sandwiches at no. Subway. Yeah, he's Paul gonna Walker's just gonna set that Hold that on. movie round out and come back for Fast Six. What the hell was that movie though with Paul Walker and Hayden Christensen and like? Uh, Tay Diggs and they all wore fedoras. Oh my god! This, like, yeah, Ti was in that? that movie. I can't remember what it was, but I really wanted to see it. Bad Boys or something? Talk? No, <laughs> no, that's no. the that's the uh, Will Smith uh, Martin Lawrence joint. No, uh, I'm gonna look it up. You you boys talk amongst yourselves. I'll talk a little bit more about Fast Five. First off, Brad, the, there's a girl on the motorcycle. I don't know what nationality she is. Either she's Spanish or she's uh, from Latin America, but she is freaking hot Racist. and awesome okay. in this movie. And she hooks up 
with the Asian guy from Japan who is in Tokyo Drift. And it sets it up at the end of the movie that they should have their own spinoff series. And they should, because I would love to go see that in the theaters. I love both those characters. Um, I can't remember what's his name, uh, but Ludacris is in it, and he's really funny and great. Jonathan's putting his finger to his nose and saying he's got an answer to the question he posed earlier. I have an answer to the question we posed earlier. The name of that fucking movie, which I saw posters for everywhere, and no one went to go see it. Takers, no one saw it. Mystery solved. (laughs) Ta-da! Ta-da! Good luck! <laughs> so yes, three and a half out of five. I mean, go and be entertained. See it with a large audience, because the more you laugh, the better it is. And it actually, because you're laughing and having fun and, like, over-exaggerated action scenes, it makes it an enjoyable experience. Alex, are you sure you didn't cry at any point? Because you seem to cry at every movie that you go to. Did you cry during Fast Five? Sure, a little bit. Um, I, not at all. Not they cared all. about their cars so much. <laughs> they're so furious. They're so, furious. They're so furious. I did watch by my uh, like from Netflix. I got two Studio Ghibli films, uh, Princess Mononoke, which I did cry at, and I've seen that many times, and also um, Nausicaa of the Wind Valley, which I did cry at the end of as well. But Say the name are... of the production company again, one more time. Studio Ghibli or Ghibli? Studio maybe? Gib- Ghibli. Yeah, yeah. Ghibli. Disney just takes these, I mean, wonderfully animated films. Beautiful. To be fair, I, I might be mispronouncing it as well, but I think it's Ghibli. I think. We'll say, I don't know. We'll say it's Ghibli. I don't know where I got Ghiblet. I just like the word. Because because Ghiblet is a gross name for a company. <laughs> Studio Ghibli. So, uh, Ew. What, com- what company are you working for? Studio Ghiblet. Oh, God. I also watched Ponyo. Kind of crazy. Don't know about that one, but the other two are solid. Ponyo's crazy, Brad. That's the movie I told you about where an old woman at one point goes, ah, I'd let a fish lick me if it meant I could get out of this wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Any movie that includes that line gets my vote. Boy. Um, this is a good segue. Uh, this is a really good segue, actually, because um, we've started talking about Netflix. Now, Brad, you have an- another Netflix game. Not Here's the Pitch, but a different right. one, correct? As of late, I've been watching a lot more Netflix since I got my Roku box, which is amazing, by the way. Nice. Everyone nice. should have one. But I've, I've spanned the Netflix rating system. As we all know, the Netflix rating system, one star means you hate it. Two stars means that. you didn't like it. Three stars <laughs> means you like it. Four, you really liked it. And a five, loved it. it loved it. For- just to get you guys to know, Fast and Furious did hit in the middle of that spectrum, so that kind of sets you up for all the movies Brad's about. All right. So I've spent, I've got five, five things that I've watched, and I want you gentlemen to figure out uh, what, what rating I might have given them. So, all right. Cool. All right. So, so just just to be clear, of these five movies, they each had different scores. They yes. run the gamut. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. One for each score. All right. Are we getting these one at a time? I'll Let's give you go. the whole list. I'll give you the whole yeah, list. And it's better you if we have the whole list. Okay. All right. First off... Time Cop, John Claude Van Damme movie. Uh, he's he's a time cop working in the far flung future of 2004. Goes back to 1994. Lots of antics happen. We have Salt, which is the spy thriller with Angelina Jolie. I saw part of that at the gym. Then we have The Human Centipede. Ooh, horror film about a crazy German doctor that attaches a bunch of people together in a gross fashion. Um, you watched all of that? I did. Nice. Then we have Monkey Shines. <laughs> Monkey Shines? Have you kids ever seen Monkey Shines? Guys, no. this is going to be one of the hardest games we've ever played on Ram. <laughs> Monkey, Monkey Shines? Shines. What's it's, that? A, it's a late 80s film. Um, it's about a quadriplegic that has a capuchin monkey helper um, that 
Holy little shit. does he know. Little does he know that the the monkey um, was a lab experiment gone wrong, and then there's a fatal attractions type scenario, and the monkey goes bad. A fatal attractions type scenario. <laughs> Is the monkey sitting in a chair at one point? Does it cross its legs and then? <laughs> Guys, just to let you know, up to this point, any of these movies could be a five-star on Brad's. Yeah. Just judging by the title and the short synopsis. And fifth and yep. finally is Transmorphers 2, Fall of Man. <laughs> oh my god. Brad, I had no idea that was even on Netflix. So, knowing me and my taste... I love that Transmorphers doesn't even get a, a wide synopsis. Transmorphers it's a Transformers 2, 2 rip-off. It's, it's the asylum. Of course, they make all the knockoffs of the, of the big sure. Hollywood blockbusters. Um, in this... Um, this is actually a prequel to the first Transmorphers movie. Oh, good, um, good, because I wanted to know yeah, more. I needed yeah. more context. In this, the uh, the uh, machines, um, different machines are coming alive, and we find out it's all because of an alien pulse, and the aliens are coming to take over the Earth. And, uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and I mean, say that one probably either got the two or one star. Just the way that Brad recapped it, it seems like it's it was It's hard to describe, but uh, again, I'll say with the asylum films, they're often quite amusing because they're cheesy and ridiculous. And that can't Here's a preview score for, for uh, The Asylum uh, will be bringing us later uh, later this summer uh, <laughs> their own version of Thor, uh, where Thor has machine guns. So Have you, I mean, you watched the trailer? It looks awesome, no. by the way. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I haven't actually seen the trailer, but all I know is that he has machine guns. <laughs> I'm excited. I like The Asylum. Okay, so now it's our job to determine what got a one, a two, a three, a four... And a five. Yeah. Can I say, because we're not going to get them, I mean, the odds of us getting them from one to five are, I mean, great, but not super great. Do we get points for everyone we get correct if it lands in that spot? Sure. You get ten points I think for each should, one you get right. Is there any way we one can make point. this competition so I could potentially win? <laughs> oh, that would mean we'd have to do individual lists, Jonathan, which we can do. We can do that if you really want to. You, you do them in secret, and then we'll get together and we'll compare your scores. I'm going to do it real quick, and then I'm going to provide my answers, and I'm going to win! I'm going <laughs> to win! Jonathan is, he's in this to win this. I like that, I like that fighting fury. I'm working can on it right say, now! Can I just say the human centipede, I mean, that's just got to be one of the craziest movies I need ever. I need you to score them before I can fully talk about the films. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, okay. I'll be giving things away. I'm done! I have my things! I have my guesses, I should say. Ha-ha! <laughs> I feel I have already won the power courses through my veins while i while i'm working the lists out guys feel free to talk about other things or whatever okay i'm just going to talk about the fact that uh i look up the latest netflix instant releases because i'm kind of obsessed with finding out what's available right now Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of stuff i just added uh brad are you familiar with the classic film the wizard (gasps) nice the wizard is is on netflix instant the power glove it makes me feel so bad. Get the whistle! Super Mario Brothers 3! Get the whistle! Get the whistle! How do you know what the whistle is? This game's never been played by anyone. I'm just saying. Uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice is on Netflix Instant. Wait a minute. With Nicolas Cage? Uh, well, of course with Nicolas Cage. I mean, we're not going to watch the dumbass Mickey short. This is a this is a fucking... This is the millennium. Just so you know, my family, all of my family except for me, saw that opening weekend. Now, they all still live in Tennessee. And they all saw it on different, like, random things. Like, my sister was tricked into seeing it because she thinks Nick Nicolas Cage is absolutely hilarious, uh, but not in a good way. So I'm the only person in my family who hasn't seen that movie. I think it's time I watch it. 
How about some other titles? We got Please The Hunt do. for Red October. We got The Hunt for Red October. Nice. We got The Shadow. Me. I, I gotta make a list. You said I could talk. Take your earbuds well, out. Well, please do. I'm just, I, I'm really excited about some of these movies. <laughs> Actually, okay. I, you know, wait, can I just say this? I've hit the limit. Yes. You can only have 500 things in your queue. And you have 500 things? Well, here's the problem. There's a ton of stuff that was in my DVD queue um, oh. from when I had a full Netflix membership. And now they're like at the bottom, like waiting to be on instant. And they still count those as part of my instant queue. Also, you have to bear in mind that Brad, like, one of your, like, things you do when you're just, like, killing time is, like, go through Amazon and just see things like, oh, that's great, and make lists, right? I, not really, but, okay. We've talked about that before. I don't think I go over and make lists, no. Oh, never mind. No, I don't. Scratch that from the record. Sorry, no, I don't do that. I do like to look at (laughs) Amazon. For the record, Brad, Brad doesn't go to Amazon. Did you mean to say Netflix? Alex? No, I meant to say wish list, because I know. I I have a wish list, and I do enjoy going to Amazon, but I don't really... I like My to bad. I like to browse, but I don't know. That's not something. Are I we going to have to, Brad? Are we going to have to torture you? Are we going to have to torture you to get this information out of you? Admit it. I'm. I enjoy all these websites. I enjoy perusing them, but no, I don't. I never. I don't go to them and make Let's, lists. Uh, so you may you may have reached your limit, but once you get some off that list, feel free to add the Hunt for Red October or Alec Baldwin in the Shadow. <gasps> really. Yes. I wanted to see that since it was in the theater as a child. I yep. really wanted to see that. I'm excited. I looked it up periodically on Netflix, and now it's finally here. Um, Topsy Turvy, which I've never seen, but it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Babe Pig in the City, which is supposed to be crazy weird and fucked up. Uh, the Wizard, of course, as I mentioned. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Raging Bull. Nice. Uh, we've got... Lo- oh, and Santa Claus the Movie. Yeah. That's on Netflix Instant now. So we can all enjoy John Lithgow trying to murder Santa or whatever the hell that movie's about. <laughs> and, oh, another thing I need to point out, as we mentioned on our previous episode of Ramjack, Day of the Dolphin is finally on Netflix Instant. Day of the Dolphin is, and I don't believe I've added it, which is a mistake on my part. I've uh, Brian, what is that movie about? Remind um, our listeners well, what it's about. Now, all you really need to know is the poster. Unwittingly, he trained a dolphin to kill the President of the United States of America. George C. Scott in Day of the Dolphin. I mean, what else do you want? I mean, <laughs> don't be Man, greedy geez. because there's nothing we can offer you outside of that. It's that's it. I'll say this: I want to. I personally want at the moment to best Jonathan in a competition of guessing. I got my list ready. If you guys are ready for this, yes, I have been ready for literally weeks. I was so ready before you. I'm going to win. All right, all right, all right gentlemen, who would like to go first? I will go first because no. I was ready first. Oh well, go ahead then. <laughs> or Alex could go first. Alex, is it my right? Well, I was going to say, do you want? Should you just say them and us like mark and see which ones we got right? I think you should both read your list and then I'll tell you what the correct answer is. All right, whatever. Yeah, tell me, t- tell me how many out of the five I got right. I think that's right. how it should work. Okay, here are my guesses. <laughs> here are my guesses. All right, are you ready? All right. I guessed that you gave Salt one star, that you gave Transmorphers two two stars. That you gave Monkey Shines three, that you gave the Human Centipede four, and that you gave Time Cop five. Okay. All right. Those are some nice guesses. Right. Very interesting choices, Jonathan. Alex, would you like to go next, and then I'll tell each of you how many you got right and wrong? Sure. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes. I thought that you ranked Human Centipede the lowest with a one, because I could go either way. Um, I went ahead and said maybe Time Cop got two stars. I don't know why, because some of these other movies seem pretty awesome. Um, Salt, what I saw of it seemed pretty mediocre at best, so I gave it a three, only because Annalise Jolie is in it, and she's hot, and that might sway your vote. 
Uh, Transmorphers obviously got a four. I don't know if it's five category, but the fact that it's from that production company makes it awesome. And I went ahead and put the wild card, a dark horse at the top. Monkey Shines, five stars. All right, gentlemen. Jonathan, you got three correct. Yay! Alex, you got one correct. Nice. Which means I win! I won that game! Jonathan, you're the winner! I won it! You're the winner! When I win, nothing... I have nothing to show for it. You win the admiration of your colleagues. You you win a round of applause. I'm clapping for myself. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, here we go. One star, salt. Aha, just right. horrible. Angelina Jolie looks crazy old now. Yeah. Oh. The, stunt, she really the stunts does. were horrible in that, and she looks crazy old. Like, in the oh, trailer, I think they must have touched her up. I love when Angelina, they were remember when the- you made a... Remember when you made Tomb Raider the Cradle of Life, Angelina? I think she... I've, I mean, she's cute and all. I'm not a huge fan, but... Um, was it with the scene when she's doing the car chase thing and she's using a taser to make that dude's leg come down and accelerate on the bridge? Yeah. Um, that's not possible, I'm pretty sure. Too much to suspend disbelief, what I saw. But. The end, and it was the most obvious thing. There was no twist. It was it was really, really awful. Just terrible, terrible film. So one star. Terrible. Hated it. I, I got, got that angry right. angry that I watched it. Wow. Yeah. Second, um, sadly, I have to give it to Transmorphers 2. See, yes, I, I got that one right, too. Transmorphers 2 in the bottom, but I was like, it was, maybe Brad will like it. It was, a, it was fun. It was fun. But... And as funny as it was, and as crazy, and as hot as the one chick in the weird 60s dress was, um, yeah, it was just bad. You know, it's asylum. <laughs> you don't expect much from it, but I, I was hoping for a little bit more. I was hoping for a couple more robots. I think there was like three. Wow. Yeah. Next up, a movie that I liked, Time Cop. Wasn't as great as I remember being as a kid, but it's still Jean-Claude Van Damme being awesome, and but, you know, not that great. It's, it's good. I like it. I did it's not get Cop. that one right. <laughs> yeah. Fourth on the list, Human Centipede. Yes. I really like it. Really? It's really good. And it's not as gross as people think it's going to be at all. It was really <laughs> creepy, though. It was like, it's atmospheric. Incredibly atmospheric. And incre- and though this should go without saying, it's very claustrophobic. <laughs> Human Centipede 2. It's being made. I'm, I'm excited. Because I, I really did. I really, 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 really like Human Centipede. And, of course, the movie I like the most is Monkey Shines. <laughs> Which is what I ranked as number one. It's a cappuccino monkey. It's a I cappuccino right. helper monkey that goes evil. And a quadriplegic. We just talked about how you wanted to see David Dolphin, right? So, I mean, of course, that would be number one. Yeah, come on. It's a little monkey. He's adorable. Well, she's adorable. Now, when you and when you say evil. fatal attraction syndrome, like, does the monkey become jealous? Does it try yes. to eliminate yes. the competition? Okay, because of the weird experiment that's been done on it, it's got, like, a weird psychic connection with the um, quadriplegic guy, and it starts killing for him. Like, he gets angry, and, like, the monkey goes out and kills people, but then the monkey's, like, falling in love with him and, like, trying to keep everyone away from him. It's pretty brutal. You, you know, like you do. Oh, it's a good... Everyone should watch Monkey Shines. It is awesome. Even better than I remember it being. Ah, well, that was fun, because in the end, I won! Winner! You're the winner! If I hadn't won, I would have thrown my earbuds away, and I would have burned this apartment to the ground. (laughs) I really like this game. We need to give it, like, a real title and everything, and, like, play it some more. Brad, uh, we're we're friends, right? Sure. (laughs) Sure. Tangentially. Uh, we, what, in name on paper, yes. Um, we, so, in, in saying that, it, one could assume that we have a few things in common. Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you that we now have another thing in common. What's this? We have in common the fact that we both have profiles on OkCupid now. 
Oh, fun. Well, that's that's all three of us. Well, I actually took mine down recently. Oh. Um, but I did oh. have... I didn't even realize you were on there. You didn't find me, Jonathan? I was on there well, before I was. Yeah, I actually got Brad in <laughs> Oh, wow. I didn't realize that was the progression. What, what inspired you to times. take it down? Well, I was and just... of course I would have never seen you or Brad, because I'm not I'm not looking to meet straight dudes on OKCupid. OK <laughs> I just want to be friends. Did Why is this of, gay guy talking Did one of our friends find you on there? Did they? I thought Chris Dooley said hi to you on Oh, OK yeah, Cupid. Chris Dooley did send me a message. Ew. Ew, that's creepy. Chris Dooley, really wash, your, wash your jeans and then Brad will talk. He'll talk about going on a date if you uh, wash those jeans. Uh, I don't think I'm just saying. Gross, gross boy. Um, so yeah, I I started doing OkCupid okay basically the same week that another friend of mine started. And it's a, it's a very interesting site because they try to match you to people as best as they can, but the only way they do that is through answering questions. Have you answered a lot of the questions, Brad? Um, I think I did a month. Again, I, I filled this out like two years ago, and I've been to the site like ten times since. Oh, okay. So I don't I don't have a huge... I think I did because until I got well, bored. Because don't they go on forever? They go on forever because yeah, they're, they're user-generated. You can make your okay. own questions, and they add it to the database. Um, there's this element of the site where it says you're a certain percentage of your profile complete. So right, right now it says I've done 95% of what you can basically do on the site. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I've answered over 125 of these goddamn questions. So many questions available at your disposal. A lot of them have to do with suicide, I've noticed. Nice. A lot of them have to do with whether or not you would date someone who's not of your own race. And every time I answer one of those questions, I just you can type out an explanation as to why you answered a certain way. I would not. Every, I don't like those kinds. <laughs> no, every time I get one of those questions, I'm like, can't we just rephrase this question to read as, hey, do you hate black people? Would you fuck a black dude, or do you just want to date whiteies? Um, so there's suicide, there's race, a lot of people are really focused on that, but there's one question that, above all, I find to be hilarious, and it is this. I, I pose it to you two, gentlemen. All right. All right. Now, you're going to get a couple options, so don't answer immediately right after. Um, do you smile at little kids when you see them on the street? Here are your options. Option one, yes. Option two, No. Option three, Chris Hansen. Only wouldn't. Brad, wait a minute. Allow me to provide all three choices. The third choice. Let me. This is the best part. This is the fucking punchline of the bit. (laughs) The third choice is only when no one else is looking. Ah. Uh, uh, uh. Could you sit down for a second? Just sit down. Just sit down for a second. (laughs) I want you to have a seat. We got some uh, sweet tea. I uh, have some cookies. Brad, you have to be honest on this question. What? How do you? What would you answer? No, I hate kids. They make me frown. If anything, and my <laughs> answer, <me> frown. <laughs> my answer would be yes. If a little, if I I'm walking yes. by. Well, here's something else. There, there's that's not all the questions. Like normally, I mean, kids are kids. I mean, they're loud. They attract attention. So sometimes in situations, you'll be forced to look at their direction. But if a kid ever, if anyone makes eye contact with me, I smile at them. Not my height. But only when no one else is looking. Hey, <laughs> are, your, are your parents watching? Then I'm going to give you a smile, kid. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Wow, he sure can dress. He smiled <laughs> at me when my parents were I mean, looking. when kids are giving me compliments just in the middle of my marketing, I mean, just walking around, it's not like I'm going to ignore them. 
Ew, no, I Alex, are you, those saying, kids. are you saying they want that smile? The way they walk around with their with their with their attitudes, they're giving you compliments. Are you saying they want that smile? Pervert. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't saying that at all. But I'm saying you would <laughs> Jonathan, do that. Um, please, please stop putting. Words Where do you them. rank on there, Jonathan? What's your answer? I well, I said earlier, I put, I did put yes because uh, oh, you know, someone else put yes, did they? Someone the talking, smiling little kids across, leering at them across parks. Here's, what are you doing the up there problem. in Chicago? If, if that is where yes, you're at. If you say yes, people perceive you to be as an open pervert. If you say no, it's like you're denying that you're a pervert. And if you put three, it's like you're a fucked up, creepy, secret public pervert. Um, What's I with this the, question? I think the only one of those that is creepy is the last one. If you say no, then you're someone who doesn't trouble yourself with little children. If you say yes, then like you're Brad. a general, I guess, just person. Like Alex or I. If you say the third, you need to sit down and have some sweet tea and some cookies. Because there's a discussion that needs to take place. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Chris Hansen frequents OkCupid, and he may profile people on there with that question. <clears throat> Another okay element Cupid of the website I find funny crazy. is there are percentages that have to do with how well you match up with someone. So there's the match percentage, which is romantic. There's friend percentage, and then there's enemy percentage, which I find hilarious. And they calculate that based on whether or not they answered questions differently than you did. Right. And I don't know, every now and then I'm like, ooh, let's rank this by enemy. I want to see who my enemies are. Nice. <laughs> so I could take them out on dates and mock them. That's awesome. Well, surely they'll be able to see you as an enemy, too. Now, what this brings up a question. Oh. Like, the few times I've, I've gone through this website, I keep getting these, like, weirdo messages from... And, now my, and again, let me say this about my profile on OkCupid. It's the most... It's... The wrong way to write a profile completely. Like, it's blatantly, completely, totally honest. <laughs> completely. Oh, yeah. To the point where it asks honest. you... Yeah, to the no, point no, where no, it asks my, you... No, no, mine in particular. Like, all the stuff you have to fill in. Oh. Like, it's brutally honest. Brad volunteers. Oh. I'm like, I hate children. <laughs> hate children them. the worst. No use for them. And I keep getting messages from, from these these women with children. They, they, it's like they love Jesus and and their children. That's what their profiles all say. And I'm like, hey, crazy, are you literate? But that's your mo, Brad. I mean, that's what happens. You tend to attract like crazy, you know, religious women. True. Well, crazy women. But yeah, cra- mostly crazy. So hmm. even though maybe they don't read your profile fully, they just it could, seem like I couldn't awesome, be awesome. more blatantly clear about I don't like babies. Our baby Jizo. Those are two things I cannot abide. Well, Brad, I can I can relate to that. I can relate to that because, you know, I fill my profile with all this stuff about how I don't like to go out to clubs. I don't like staying out radically late. I don't like, I don't do drugs. I don't do much of anything that one would consider to be out there or extreme or extreme or anything like that. But then I get like these crazy like Lady Gaga twinks who are like 21 years old. And they're like, oh my God, I love your sweater and that photo. And I'm like, I'm looking at your profile, and it says that you stay out until 4 o'clock in the fucking morning, and that you don't mind doing drugs, and you drink six days out of the week. What do you think we have in common? I don't think half the time they read your profile. That's the problem. I don't think they're reading your profile. I think they look at your photos, they determine, oh, well, that fellow is an attractive fellow, and then they just send you a message. I think that's So have you... Have you been on a date with any of these Gaga twinks? No, I, I don't want to go out on... I, there's an age what? range that you Time can set. out. Wait, okay. So you don't want to go on a date with these twinks, but you want to go on a date from OkCupid, okay, right? You didn't just do it well, for... Well, why... 
You're well, not why on there would because I of put... the polls. Oh, no. No, 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 no. It's not just because I like making lists and generating questions. <laughs> Which apparently I do. Apparently Brad loves making lists. Um, and I do as well. But, no, the reason you create something like this is to potentially find someone. But I don't feel the need to respond to any and every request or offer. I don't know. Because I was going to say there's an age range that you can set with a minimum and a maximum. Brad, do you remember what... Did you did you set that? Did you have a minimum and a maximum age of who you wanted to talk to? Uh, I'm sure I do. I'm trying. I'm, I'm looking at the app right now. I've got it on here. I haven't oh, okay. looked at it before. It's confusing me. When I was still on well, there, my- it was 23, I think, or 22 to 28. Okay, and how old were you at the time? This was a while ago, you said? I'm 27, and when I was younger on it, I think it was 27 was the max when I was 26. Okay. I've got it set to, I think, 23 to 32, which seems kind of arbitrary. I had it at 35, but then, I don't know, that felt a little bit too old. I don't know why, but I don't, uh, I don't know. There's, there's lots of guys on there. Most of them are attractive to me, but the problem is the really attractive guys, it's like 97% match, and then I'll send them a message, and then they don't write one back. Well, that could also be... See, the thing with OkCupid, because, I mean, when I was still on it, and whenever I do log in and do whatever, um, whenever I go on dates with women from there, I always, like, ask them questions about OkCupid. Like, so so that's got to be nuts, right? And they talk about how they're always inundated with messages from a lot of people who don't read their profiles, who are just like, yeah. hey, you're hot. And they said it's annoying and weird. So there's a lot of junk for those people to get through before they can get to your message, Jonathan. I can't imagine what it's like for girls, because I, uh, speaking of which, I, I have a friend who just quit OkCupid because she went on a, a string of really bad OkCupid dates, and yeah, like you just said, she was getting barraged by these messages where it's like, you're hot, I want to fuck, and she was pissed because that's not the intent of the site. Oh, and- It's not a Craigslist or an AdamForAdam.com, it's meant to be a place where you get to know someone, and, and ostensibly. Ladies- Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, those people are on OK... There are people on OkCupid that aren't complete. Well, what was where I'm looking for? Sluts, skanks, jerks. Sluts. I mean, there are, Sluts. There are normal people on there as well. I will say this. Um, I've only, I mean, OkCupid's fun and everything. I mean, I've gone on plenty of dates with women. Uh, my ex-girlfriend and I met on there, and we only dated for like six months. Um, and I actually um, was dating a girl for a short amount of time, but that didn't work out. Who was actually, oddly enough, a friend of one of my friends. And I saw one of my friends in a picture that this girl had put up there. I was like, oh, my God, I know this girl. And, I mean, it's always fun. And, you know, it may take a while to find someone on there because of all the stuff you have to wade through. But I definitely recommend it. I mean, it's 2011. I realized um, recently that a lot of people I know now or I meet, they're really, they're really quiet about this. Because I'll ask them, like, well, how did you meet your significant other? And anyone who pauses has probably met their significant other through online dating. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's my stylist. She met her husband through uh, Match.com. Uh, my boss, I found out recently, met his wife through, like, was it, Yahoo Personals back in the day when that was all hot? And this one woman oh, wow. we interviewed recently uh, for a position at the place I work, um, she met her husband through eHarmony. And I kind of cringed at that a little bit because that's, yeah. the, that's the super Gzo one, guys. You definitely stay away from that one. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, that's, I mean it's, it's 2011. It's, yeah. Come it's, on. There's, there's no stigma attached to it anymore No at all. stigma that's, at all. 
We'll see an we'll see an example of that stigma later when we talk about Charles in charge. <laughs> yes, but I will say, oh, and I love that. But I will say this, guys, or anyone out there, if you're on online dating, give it some time, and you're not going to get. Well, you may get immediate results, or it may wait a minute. I mean, you have to put in effort. You ha- you have to put in sure. effort. It's like you're actually like trying to date people. I mean, right. you have to put in effort. Well, and when I write a message to somebody, I specifically pull things from their profile that I liked. So it doesn't seem like I just looked at their photo, saw them in a tank top, and was like, oh, well, clickety-clickety-click. You know, because there was this one British guy, and he was like, I like scrambled eggs on toast in bed. And I like going to the park and walking about. And I'm like, oh, those are nice things. I like those things. And then he, his literal response was, thank you. <laughs> hey, I like these things about your profile. Thank you. Great. End of conversation. All right. <laughs> I will say this. It's always interesting to see how people respond to things. And I mean, not to say this in a, in a way, and not that I, I'm someone who would troll anything, but sometimes I'll throw out messages and put things in there just to see how people will respond to them. I mean, it's it, you can have that kind of fun with strangers. Sure. Um, but it's always interesting because some people will be, like, some people cannot write. I mean, most human beings can't write or formulate sentences. Fact. And I will say this. When I'm doing an email or sending, when I used to send messages in OkCupid or any type and anything in that capacity, I tend to write in the, the traditional style you were taught how to write letters in. Like, obviously, like, I'll put, like, a, an intro. Not an intro. And I won't put the date, obviously. But I'll, I'll put, like, hello, so-and-so, comma, break everything up into paragraphs, and then, like, sincerely, wow. and then my name. Like, I... I've never been into the messaging. That's one of the reasons I hated text messaging when it first came out, because I'm like, there's no structure, and this is weird. I always want to do things properly, in the proper, correct way. I don't know if a lot of people are up for that. No. Are you going to go on any... Have you gone on any dates yet? Like, what's happening, Jonathan? No, I'm sure sure it'll work out in some way or another. I... I figure it's the best way to meet people because I can't... can't, As I said in my profile, I can't go out to the clubs. Gay men are really, really um, quick to scan and move on. At bars and clubs, like, it's it's really dispiriting. Like, you'll get a head-to-toe scan and then a toe-to-head scan, and they will they will turn away. And that's, there's no conversation, there's no talking. It's just, I don't know. It's it's that's not be, my scene. That's gotta be nuts. I mean, heterosexuals have it, I mean, rough in their own ways, but, I mean, they, the gay, like, romantic scene has gotta be just crazy. Well, at least with the heterosexual scene, you know, there's... There's an expectation of if a guy's interested in a girl or vice versa that, you know, you have to walk up to them and start talking. But, I mean, the gay interaction, a lot of the times it really just it boils down to I'm looking at you. I don't want you. There's no talking. There's no gray area of, well, perhaps I could grow to like you. No, it's bam, bam, we're done or bam, bam, come over here. And I don't. It's kind of gross. It's like a meat market. It's I think- just not appealing. I think there was a scene like that, actually, and he's just not that into you, um, where they basically talk about that. They're like, yeah, if, gay guys, they know immediately. They just look at you up and down, and if it's a little longer than six seconds, then it's on. We've got it. But if it's less than five, nope. <laughs> guys, totally watch that movie. That's that's a four or five star movie. Um, <laughs> Alex has uh, condoned this film multiple times throughout the history of Ramjack, and I think we should take that suggestion Seriously, um, Jonathan, dude, <laughs> I would I would highly suggest sticking with uh, OK Cupid or Match or whatever system like that works. Regardless, it's gonna be it's gonna be a comedy because oh, that's, dude, that's what you, I use it for. Oh man, there, I've had some funny experiences on there, but but trust, well, stay I'll, with I'll it. Keep you boys, I'll keep you boys updated. Hopefully, I'll have more to report on in the future. All right, friends, here we are again. We're gonna talk a little bit about a show, a show called Charles in Charge. <laughs> 
Alright folks, uh, last week I was destroyed in the challenge of summarizing, as I forgot the main point of the plot. It's rare that I see Brad stumble like that, but he did stumble I pretty hard last and time. burned. Though I will say, to completely forgotten the plot, that wasn't a bad time. Oh dude, I know, of course. Very proud of myself, I pulled it together. Not really. Um, but this week we're going to be talking about uh, Mr. President and Jill's decision. So uh, Jonathan, I think you're going to be talking about the first episode? Yes, I will be talking about Mr. President. I'm ready. All right, I've got a stopwatch here, and we will go in three, two, one, go. So Gwendolyn is trying to inspire Charles to run against evil cousin Elliot for freshman class president at Copeland College. The problem is that Charles doesn't really seem to give a fuck. He just, for some reason, he's being very uh, very laid back for Charles. It's quite surprising. Uh, cousin Elliot is representing the Winker Party, and Buddy, who is a sub is a very susceptible moron, is uh, kind of going in that direction until finally Gwendolyn convinces Charles to run. Uh, Charles invites over the most powerful freshman on campus. They have a powwow about the issues, including crime, parking, library hours, funding. And what he comes to realize is that there's only one real good person for the job, and that's Gwendolyn. Now, rather than suggesting to Gwendolyn that she run in his place, he just kind of leaves it up to chance and fate. And luckily enough, Gwendolyn wins in a landslide write-in vote. And meanwhile, uh, Jason's trying to, uh, I think he's playing lacrosse, and Douglas, he's trying to get frogs to fuck, and Lila's studying democracy in her class, of course, because we need a thematic mirror. And in the end, yeah, Gwendolyn wins, and Cousin Elliot gets to uh, writhe about in his room and plot revenge. The end. One minute, 16 seconds. What? Holy shit! That felt like nothing. I, I'm worse than your last. Oh you my were. God. There's no but way. You know I what you what happened? But you know what happened. But happened. You explained like fully. There was you no didn't like. Forget oh, the plot. Sh- so I give you some credit for that. But you still are the Where biggest loser. Have... Oh no, that's awful. <laughs> well, I no one's ever going to be worse. So... So There's no way you can beat a minute at 16. There's no way you can be worse than that. <laughs> Well, um, let's see what happens. Maybe I should have cut the crap about the kids because nothing about what the kids are doing in any way. You were you were right out a minute when you got oh, to the no. kids. But the kid stuff is Damn fun, it. dude. I love the kid stuff in this. First off, little Jason is playing lacrosse now. Yeah, because uh, soccer's dead. Long live lacrosse or something. Yeah, he's done he with says. soccer. But I love that it references that he played soccer earlier because yeah. he did. He did. He did. Uh, he also says that he, what did he say? He's, he's not going to play basketball because he wants to give the tall kids a break. So apparently Jason's really good at basketball despite being a midget of a child. Um, yeah, and Douglas, uh, he's trying to get frogs to fuck by playing Lionel Richie, which is so weird because in an earlier episode, it was very clear that Douglas was taking notes on girls and what made girls tick. And clearly he was interested in sex. But at this point in the show, he clearly knows nothing about sex at all he's too busy wearing his shirt with the japanese flag on it (laughs) (laughs) i mean he just doesn't understand the specifics yeah he says what does this have to do with birds and bees i'm studying about frogs oh douglas jason knows that you're from mars and that also you were sired by your uncle (laughs) (laughs) sired by (laughs) only jason understands why you're so confused by the biology of humans Green blanket. I wrote down, pretty sure we've had at least two instances of a character saying, who would be stupid enough to do that just as Buddy enters? Yeah. And of course, this is in reference to the fact that Buddy is thinking about voting for evil, evil cousin Elliot. 
Winkers unite! Doesn't he come it's, in with yeah with a <laughs> with a sandwich board over talking about how cousin Elliot yep. is awesome? Which I think don't they just refer to him on campus as cousin Elliot? <laughs> uh, no. Hey, it's cousin Elliot. Cousin Elliot. No, I like the fact that they say Elliot's full name so often because from here on out, if I hear Pembroke one more time, it's like the show really is giving me the middle finger because they say Elliot Pembroke 19 times throughout this episode. So that's it. You can't waver anymore, white writers. Stop it. It's Pembroke. Um, question. Assuming a freshman president is a thing, does it have this much power? Apparently I never he has... He has control over the freshman treasury, which apparently certain funds are, are like dumped into this expense account that the freshman president can use at his or her own will. And Elliot's going to take him to Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah. Come on, freshman, we're going to go to Atlantic City and gamble. And then at one point, Elliot says, drinks are on me. Uh, was, th- was there not a 21 and over rule back then? <laughs> not the lamplight. Like, Elliot, why are you buying drinks for 18-year-olds? That's radically irresponsible. Hey, what are you going to do? Gonna I guess cigars. Lila to, to the freaking nightclub. Of course, he's going to buy eighteen-year-olds beer. It was a different time. Uh, People look. Alex, away. you mean you mean the lamplight, which we get our first glimpse of in this yes. episode? We're actually yes. in the bacchanal Greek <laughs> sinful orgy that is the lamplight, and it actually looks like an Applebee's. Yeah, it's, uh, an Applebee's, it's not actually basically. that tame. It's pretty. Tame, it's it's different at night. It's different at night. I will say this: when I saw like the outside of the lamplight and I thought yes yes oh <laughs> I just really? imagine strippers people losing their virginity for the first the time to like Taiwanese whores yeah VIP room VIP room there's a there's a whole basement and or attic or back room we have nothing to know about in the lamplight you want a special dance buddy you want a special dance that'll be $75 baby and you know buddy ponies that up here you go defo <laughs> Auction is an interesting word to use. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, um, I just like the fact that at one point they refer to Elliot's group as the Winker Party. It just makes me think <laughs> of a. It just makes me think of a more raucous, free-spirited version of the Tea Party. It's the Winker Party grew up to become the <laughs> yeah. Tea Party. Yeah. Remember back when we were the Winker Party? Man, that was fun. <laughs> There's so much. I I love the, the God the classic trope of someone being like. I guess responsibility thrust upon them, which is what happens to Charles. I mean, that's his M.O. But Gwendolyn's like, you got to run against Buddy. You're the best one for the job. And obviously Gwendolyn's the one that's going to win. But, She's hey, got all the plans. But two questions. Why doesn't Gwendolyn ever think about running herself? And why doesn't Charles just say flat out, Gwendolyn, you run for president? Well, she's it's a woman. very strange. He leaves she's it up to chance. Do you remember what we learned in the, in the episode about the fight? When women can't work cars and women just can't do things right? <laughs> it was Charles, a different time. Come look at this used car. Oh, Gwendolyn, you dumb, dumb woman. I mean, Charles, you could run and win, but a woman could never do such a thing, could they? <laughs> I like how Alex is very sly. But a woman could never win, could they? <laughs> oh, also, Charles, are we fucking? Are we dating at this point? Still, See, Jonathan is confused as to the status of their relationship. And that's something else. I mean, they're I mean, they're fucking on the side. So when she says, "Look, you should do this," he's like, "Ah, I know she wants to do this, but I, I, mean, I don't want to mess up my chances of fucking her later." She's so. leaning back. <laughs> Charles, if you run for president, if you run for president, I will sit on that dick. I'm just saying. Hey, Charles, um, I'll probably sit on that dick regardless. But humor her; it's fine. That's what you do. You're s- 
here's some evidence as to how bad the Pembrokes are at being parents. At one point, Jason gets a box of cereal, and the expiration date was 1978. They haven't gone grocery shopping in over five years. Buy the children food. Jay- okay, wait. I want to say this. For, these next, for this episode and the next one, no one will feed Jason. Jason is going to die. Or Jason. No. Both episodes. No one will feed him. No, these are for Charles's guests. Oh, I also love that. No. What is Charles doing? Like putting cheese whiz on triscuits or something? Yeah, he's it's the like, worst that's not really host, food, Charles. That's barely an appetizer. Cheese whiz, cheese whiz, nice tea. The well, worst. Elliot shows. Elliot shows up with these enormous pizzas, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's awesome pizza." And for once, I was like, "Yeah, Elliot actually knows how to." Like, provide for people. Like, they don't want crackers with gross cheese. No, to be fair, Jason does get fed because he gets a mouthful of cheese whiz. Awkward moment between Charles and Jason is when Charles (laughs) sprays cheese whiz into Jason's open mouth. And that is weird and unsettling. Yeah. Um, okay, speaking of the the, um, group of, uh... Oh, wait. Powerful Um, freshmen. Mr. Mr. Pimbook suggests that Charles should invite over the uh, powerful freshmen... Um, and it sounds like Mr. Pembroke is wanting Charles to buy them buy horse for the opinion makers. Of course. <laughs> Show him a good time, you know. Just do what you have to do. Well, he just he also just wants him to beat Elliot because he hates Elliot. I think right. it's pretty clear at this point he's like, God, I hate him. Oh, I hate my nephew Elliot. He's one awful. of the one, one of the opinion makers in the freshman class is the um head of the Lords of Pleasure Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the social club. Well, I, I have all the names written down. I actually wrote down the names. Of oh, please, Jonathan, enlighten us. There's the jock, Tony Bruzy, who gets football advice from little Jason because he's a dum-dum. Uh, Bradley Simpson. Uh, and then there's Todd Baldwin. And I can't remember which one is the head of, like, is one of them the head of a computer club or something? He's like a tech whiz. Something okay. of such. He, he's the black guy who's always in the library. Uh, but then there's Bradley Simpson who runs the social club, the one you just mentioned, Brad. Lords of then- Pleasure. <laughs> I don't think Jonathan insists on calling it oh, the social club. You mean the uh, Lords of no. Pleasure? With a no, title meet, like Lords I'm sure of they pleasure. meet regularly in the VIP room of the Lamplight. You mean the gangbang club? Uh, and then there's Jacqueline Bloom, who I guess is just pretty. I no, isn't she, she like a... Uh, no, I think she was uh, the head of the paper or something. She may be head of the paper. Yeah, because they have oh, to yeah. be typewriters. Yeah. New typewriters. And Gwendolyn suggests that they set up an intern program with the local paper so they can then mooch off of them and use their equipment. And Gwendolyn's got to an answer for everything, that little bitch. But what I, I love that about that bitch. is, like, that's, that's pure politics. Because maybe we could create some kind of program where we can uh, work with the local newspaper and they can give us things. <laughs> that's not going to happen, but it's good talking. They should have asked her point it's in question. It's good talking. It is it's good really talking. Good. No one's so, going to agree to that shit. So, Gwendolyn, if you were given the choice between buying a car... And then she, what would her answer be then? Oh. What would her answer be then? She, she would have no Charles. idea. She would say, Charles, come with me. Um, and apparently Charles can't run for class president because he's too busy wrangling three morons. These kids, I swear to God, their problems <laughs> in this episode are so trite and stupid. Uh, uh, Charles, the netting and my lacrosse thingy madu came undone. Well, here's an idea, Jason. Don't be a moron. Hey, Lila. I'm starving. Moron. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm Charles, st- I'm hungry. <laughs> Eat ice cream. I don't want to get a fudge ripple again. I'm going to get a fudge ripple, Charles. Oh, um, talking about Lila. Um, I love when Lila comes down and she's like, do you know how many countries there are in the world? There are 169 countries in the world. <laughs> how many of them are democracies? 
Something like twenty. And she says she says some random number like twenty. I thought she says like three, and I thought, um, no, honey. I don't know. She I says, think but, it's um, in the twenties. I love the fact that there was 169 countries. You know, now there are 196 countries. Wow, we've escalated. I double checked that. Like, we've, we have a lot more people. We've we got to give a lot more people their own Well, Russia countries. was still together when I know, but it's like, there's a lot, a lot of fucking countries. It's a lot of countries. Um, Gwendolyn also provides this statistic that Copeland College, uh, their crime rate has risen 5%. So apparently it's like Escape from New York. Uh, they've been walled <laughs> off. There is rape and murder. <laughs> Lords oh of my pleasure. God. Public college is not a safe place. Lords of pleasure. We are the lords of pleasure. Between the lords of pleasure and Buddy, of course it's gone five percent. I do love that Buddy's his own thing. Like he he's kind of a winker, but he's his own different. I mean, he's not a lord of pleasure. Yeah. Well, here's the problem: when you sequester all of the winkers into one building, one dorm, you're just asking for like an explosive amount of just pent up rape energy, and that shit's going to result in some crime. I can't rape. Well, I'm going to burn. <laughs> I'm going to burn the student union. <laughs> Um, bizarre outdated reference of this episode, George McGovern. Because Charles at one point goes, God, now I know what George McGovern feels like. And the audience roars. Ah, George McGovern! <laughs> uh, uh, appropriate uh, cultural reference, the frogs are named Chuck and Die. Isn't that awesome? Gross. What do you mean I didn't even gross? Pick up, I didn't even pick up on that. That's precious. That that is we just had a royal wedding, Jonathan. Yeah, beautiful. Jonathan. Why haven't we talked about that yet on the show? <sighs> Hashtag royal wedding. Cool. What do you think? I know she. Alex, was, you I mean, are thirty-five percent homosexual. You need to tone that. You need to get that down to like fifteen percent. I went, dress was amazing. I went to. Um, I I went and paid my insurance the the morning of the royal wedding, and when oh I went boy, in there, here, here we go. They had the television on, like just watching it. Every woman had like tons of Twilight posters up in her cubicle, <gasps> and when I sat down and like busy taking care of business, they were like. I, I watched the television for a second and thought, wow, the royal wedding was here. And right when I looked at the television, they said, you know, we've been up since 4 o'clock watching the wedding. Uh, and I thought, oh, okay. And we talked about the wedding for a second. I mean, I was nice. I mean, I didn't want to be like, wow, really? 4 o'clock? You have nothing else to do with your life. But she probably well, went to bed at like 9. That's pretty disturbing. Uh, can I provide something that's even more disturbing? Jonathan? <laughs> The 100% genuine moment between Charles and Jason in this episode that had me fucking creeped out is when Jason brought Charles's head to his chest and just began to lightly stroke Charles's hair and comfort him over the loss of the election. Hey, Jason, that's inappropriate. Like, now Jason so is taking on the creepiness of Charles. It's like this... Insane but Mobius that, strip of that abuse. Was, yeah, but then in the end he was like, um, then didn't he like run away and say, oh, by the way, maybe now you won't feel bad about me breaking something or other of yours. Uh, he broke his stereo. I broke yeah. his stereo. He's just afraid. He's afraid. He's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to show him some love, and maybe he won't rape me to death later. <laughs> See, I, but I took that differently. I took that as like, like a public display of affection between those two, and it's finally between okay two for lovers. Them. It's finally okay for them to be out of the closet as a man-boy relationship. They're in Nambla. <laughs> they're going through relationship therapy at Nambla. They're out and proud. And you could easily read, and by the way, I broke your stereo, as something that's romantic. Like, oh no, he's at it again. He's going to rape you to death. Yeah, he's... I'm going to rape you. Gonna... Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. It is sad. But yeah, well, so Gwendolyn that's... wins this election... By landslide, except for the freaking um, Jason gets almost voted into office, and then a parade of random extras who we've never seen march, before march to the house, who apparently just knew Gwendolyn was gonna Gwendolyn's gonna win. 
No, we all of those was. people supported Elliot. Like, you know all those people were in the scenes with Elliot. Because up until that point, they were like, Atlantic City, yeah! Well, I think they got the minority vote. Because it was, like, all, like, Asian people and all the non-whites voted for Gwendolyn for some reason. And then all, like, the white bros were like, Elliot, yeah! Or Jason. No. <laughs> Luckily, Copeland College is, uh... It's very diverse, so... I want to see an episode later where Gwendolyn cannot handle the responsibility and has to ask Charles, actually, what to do. Oh, but he, he'll be right there. He'll be on her cabinet. Because apparently the freshman president has a cabinet. Well, they have so many big decisions to make. Yeah, I think Copley College needs to get its head out of its own ass and uh, stop but thinking I, it's an important university. I wonder what the senior president gets to do. Wow. Like, hire and fire teachers or something? Yeah, what a <laughs> He gets to talk to the dean, like have private meetings with the dean about school policy. Oh, no, no, no. If, if you're senior president, you are the dean. <laughs> <laughs> Should we accept these people into the school? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm the senior president, and I say no. Student government that's... was always weird in school, but that's an aside. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> what power? What power? Nothing. Gwendolyn's not going to be able to do anything for these people. For a second, I thought you said white power. <laughs> I was very confused. White power. White power. Am I right, you know guys? what, guys? White, white power. power. I feel so patriotic on this day. White power, guys. Am I right? Whoa. Okay, I think we should move Whoa. on to the next episode. Good episode, though. Great app. All right. All right, Alex, are you about ready to summarize Jill's decision? I'll try Keep my mind, best. Alex, try your best to beat one minute and 16 seconds. You got to try, man. Because that time, man, that's... that's uh, it's a pretty good time. Yeah. Are we ready? Three, two, one, and go. All right, guys, guess what? Michelle has finally broken up with her boyfriend, long-term boyfriend, and Charles can finally ask her out! Charles is going to have horrible luck, though, because this is the same time Miss Pembroke is trying to go for a promotion at work. She's not going to be able to handle it. She can barely handle her own family. The kids are going crazy, always asking Charles for shit. But Charles finally managed to go on a date with Michelle, so one time they can squeeze it in. So he takes Jason and, um, I can't remember his right now, Douglas, to the lamplight during the day it's all fun um they kind of have a date with michelle and it's going all right but then they're like well when can i see you again because it's going fine uh, michelle can't see him for another basically three weeks so besides holding off they decide to have an intimate romantic dinner at charles's place the pembrokes and all hell breaks loose it doesn't even work out for them at all but in gwendolyn show up i think mrs pembroke decides she doesn't really want a promotion she'd rather be with her family and then i guess charles and michelle just doesn't work out because they're not gonna have time for each other Thus, another episode of Charles in Charge ends. 56.4 seconds. Damn. See, I when I was talking, see, I thought I it was... Uh... But see, I didn't go into as much detail as Jonathan did. It's a hard game. It's a, it's a hard game. It's it's a hard hard game. game. But it's a hard, I don't think I went into hyper-detail, though. I was like, I'm, I'm just hitting all the character points. I'm going to do it. Do it was I a, it was like a crazy was detail? A lot, of, a lot of stuff happened in that episode. A lot, lot of stuff. And, you, and, and in your summary, you covered a lot more than I did. Hmm. I think you. I think you did cover all of it. I don't think there was any character stuff that you were leaving out, unless there were like kid-specific stuff that they're always that that bullshit that they're always dealing with. Um, well, I forgot to mention that uh, Douglas is trying to learn how to dance for some reason. Oh yeah, he spends the entire episode begging everyone in his family to teach him how to dance, but no one has time for him. <laughs> Apparently, Mr. Pembroke used to be an awesome dancer, but wants to hide name? that from his kids. Oh, what was his nickname? Something uh, like a uh, tricky Dater. feet. Gator and Feats. Well, no, he's, he's called Feats, but if you say Gator, he dances, because that, that means something. Gator. Apparently. Oh, Jesus Christ. Can I make an observation? Well, sure. Yes. Um, Clearly, Gwendolyn is too busy as freshman president to blow Charles on the sly. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, well, why else is Michelle up in the mix? Well, I mean, yeah, it is kind of weird. She's too busy. 
We've never heard of Michelle up until this point at all. In any capacity. But no. Charles is so infatuated with her that at the beginning of the episode, he's going to fuck a mop because he thinks that mop <laughs> is Michelle. Hey, Michelle. You know he's going to fuck that mop. And then someone walks in and he's like, oh, shit. I can't fuck the mop. I will say, I mean, we know why he couldn't hit Michelle up because Michelle was dating someone else. She was in a long-term committed relationship. She got out and apparently immediately wants to date Charles, which I think is interesting in its own right. So that's why Gwendolyn was around to begin with. Michelle was waiting for, for Gwendolyn to get become president, so she was too busy. It could have been both. They could have both been plotting. My question here is, Gwendolyn or Michelle, Brad? Oof. Mm, that's a tough call. Michelle's, Michelle's pretty in a less... Uh, you, I don't know. Like You can tell the character Michelle probably doesn't work as hard to be as pretty as Gwendolyn does. True. I it's more of a Gwendolyn natural a girl-next-door beauty. It. Exactly. Next door. That's a good phrase, Brad. And she either has really weird eyebrows or very pedicured eyebrows. I don't know. Good point. Brad? I don't know. She was pretty foxy. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say she's pretty mm. foxy. If, if I was just going to go, like, right now, just right now, when we're recording, I'd have to go with Michelle. Mainly because I could see Gwendolyn's roots in either this episode or the one before it, and I'm like, oh, honey, you need to get your dye job done again. But, uh, I don't know. Michelle. Michelle's really okay with children. She, she really likes kids. She's looking to settle down. Um, Here's Gwendolyn's the thing. industrious. She's also really busy. I mean, what was she doing with her boyfriend for these years? And immediately when she breaks up with her boyfriend, oh, by the way, I have plans for the next month, basically. We're True. not going to be able to date. True. But we know we should probably just go out to date tonight. Just have a, an intimate dinner at your house. No bigs. She's probably Gwendolyn dating a ton of slide. guys. She's probably just, like, running around that town and dating That's every single guy doing. she can get her hands on. I've been right in a boyfriend situation for far too long. I've got to check out the scene. I mean, Charles, I like you and all, but I just got to blow some other dudes. Well, and here's the thing. Charles and Jason are in Nambla. You know, they're going through relationship <laughs> therapy. But at the same time, they can't walk down the street holding hands and making out. So Charles needs a beard. He needs someone to be by his side so that no one questions him when he is brought in by the authorities, which we all know is going to be the season one finale. All of it's going to explode in his face. Oh, it's going to be such a dramatic season finale. I can't wait. I really didn't expect you to say that, Jonathan. I'm just going to say. When you said... Um, <laughs> But that's a, that's an about, important point. That's an important point. Yes. Let's talk about computer dating bias. Because back in the 80s, if you were using computer dating services, you were apparently a lech. Just a gross member of the ostracized society. Because Charles makes fun of Buddy for joining a service called Loveline Computer Dating. Which was the okay cupid of its time. Oh, yeah. And Buddy just wants to meet a rich girl. And he does. He meets a girl who wants to meet a rich guy, and they're both con artists. <laughs> yeah. That he was actually awesome. manages to find a female winker. I was down. She was cute. Yeah. Good job, she was buddy. Wearing a giant, job, she was wearing a giant doily around her neck that went down that to was her a belly button. Weird. Yeah, that buddy wasn't the best fashion choice. A winker meets a winker, and it's love. We hope uh, Let's go. Let's go into a little bit about what the kids are dealing with as we covered. Uh, Douglas, you know, he's trying to learn how to dance because he's going to his first boy-girl party. But Jason is having to memorize a line because he's in a school play. And oh. he is he is portraying our dear uh, former president, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, the thing about that that I did not like, I just didn't like the fact it was just that I found this like subplot of Jason's annoying. Like he would always laugh yeah. when this one thing. I was like, really, Jason? Really? A kid that makes wisecracks like you do and apparently knows a lot about sports, um, college sports, that is going to be entertained by something that crass and base? I mean, you're a kid. I understand. But at the same time, I was just like, this is a I love how I you're applying, like, like, come on, Jason, make your make your palate a bit more sophisticated. <laughs> you're like, yeah, sure, you're nine years old, but come on. <laughs> and Jonathan, I know you love this part. 
uh, when uh, Charles and Michelle are finally, like, Charles basically pleads with the kids, look, this is a, I gotta have a date with this girl. If you guys can just solve your own shit, or get your parents to do it, let me have some time with this woman. And they're like, all right, that's cool. But they still don't do it. I mean, right. they're, no. they're stupid kids. But the moment that Jason comes in and says his line right, and Charles is like, Jason, I told you. And then Jason gives him that look like, I did it for you, Charles. That's when Charles realizes he doesn't need Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't He doesn't need Michelle, and he certainly doesn't need Lila in the other room chucking softballs at expensive pieces of pottery. Hey, Lila, I know you want to be on the softball team. Stop throwing baseballs in the house, you dumb bitch. Um, can we talk about Lila's subplot is um, all about her becoming a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she looks crazy in that uniform. It's, yeah. it's Mr. Pembroke's new line of girls. So- oh, what the fuck is it called? There's a very specific name for the line of clothing she's wearing, and it's something crazy stupid like the Lady Reggie line. It's so bad. It sounds like a lesbian line of attire. Yeah, and I love when she says, um, she says something about uh, Paula Thackeray was being a wise guy and making fun of her. Paula Thackeray is the cheerleader girl. No way! Yes. So that, the girl who's like, means- hi, Charles, you're cute. Give me a kiss. Yes, that's who, that's who oh, Lila's no. becoming a lesbian for. Oh no! Wow! As she as she enters the world of softball. <laughs> but wait, doesn't she understand that if she wants to be a lesbian, she shouldn't be joining the softball team? She should be taking classes on lighting. No, 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 no. Soft, softball is a direct route into lighting and yeah. lesbianism. Oh, that's if true. you know anything about softball, come on, Jonathan. Those stadiums do have big lights, and someone has to run those lights, Lila. You can't play softball, but maybe you could run the lights. Well, there's the light, the lighting guild softball league as well. Yeah. I mean. Or she could just be a whore in the Lords of Pleasure. <laughs> it's whatever. It's whatever she wants to do. There's, she has lots of options. <laughs> there's lots of options, but maybe not the best options. Um, what about Jill? Her, the whole episode that Jill's decision. Yeah, I mean, oh, we yeah. didn't talk about that because it's not. It's just silly. Um, it's not even quote, a big part of the show. No, let me quote her. Promotions <laughs> were supposed to be fun. Um, Which tells you everything about her and Mr. Pimbro. Why do you think promotions should be fun? That's not what it is, no. you lazy bitch. They're getting you to do more work for, for pretty much less money, I'm assuming. Maybe she did get paid more. Well, it's a promotion. You expect more responsibility. But in general, yes, yeah, you expect to take on more. I also love fun. I love that she feels like like this like she misses for like she's only been doing this for like a day and she already misses. Oh, I still miss the home life. I miss the kids so much. You haven't done what? shit for the kids in days. Yeah. What home Jason life? Jason hasn't had food. Yeah. And the only like, thing you would ever give them is a the only thing that she's ever made for him is a fucking bologna sandwich, which apparently she does well, but I'm just telling you that She is- makes those for Mr. Pembroke while they're having sex. He likes to eat those sandwiches while they fuck. Meanwhile, Jason's gnawing on a brick of Coco Choco puffs from the 70s back when leisure shoots leisure suits were in style. This is fucking ridiculous. She thinks a tank goes beep beep. She thinks a tank goes beep beep. <laughs> And may I point out again, Jason's starving in this episode. <laughs> never gets food. He never gets to eat during that coffee date because he desperately wants a steak, and so does oh. Douglas. But Jason is so used to delivering lines fed to him by Charles that he immediately is like, yes, Charles, I'll say whatever you tell me to say. What do you want me to say, Charles? What do you want me to say to the public? <laughs> now, Jason, when we leave here, I want you to tell everyone that all we did was go to Pizza Palace, right? Granted, you tried to run away from me at the library and you were screaming in the aisles, but tell them that everything was fine. Yes, Charles. Guys, and I love it when they're at the lamplight, like ordering when him, Charles and Michelle on their first date, and he brings the kids along because he has to. Um, 
what does she get coffee and like he orders three orange juices please I don't know something about that is he he weird. orders them from a character that apparently he knows he's like oh hey what's up and he's like oh hey Charles I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Why did the waiter have to know Charles? Why can't he just be a waiter? They spent a lot of time at the lamplight. They look, they've invested Apparently. in that lamplight set. They're planning on using this character. <laughs> Apparently. And also, really small detail that I noticed. Uh, the coffee mug that is given to Michelle is so weird. It's oddly tall and thin, and it has a square handle that's way too tiny for a human hand, and it's, like, glued to the side of the mug. It's a very strange way to serve coffee. Hmm. That's Jonathan's review of the coffee mug situation in this episode. Be sure to tune in next time. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee mug watch, 2011. So how does this end? I mean, basically, they realize they can't be in a relationship together, right? I mean, whatever, Miss Timber doesn't take the promotion, whatever, fuck her. No, it, it ends on a hopeful note. They don't decide to not be in a relationship because the whole problem is that Charles thought he had to pay for a fancy dinner, take her to the grotto, which sounds even grosser than <laughs> yeah. the lamplight. Hey, can I take you to Caligula's Tower? <laughs> it's a beautiful restaurant where you fuck the food into each other. It's, it's overseen delightful. by the Lords of Pleasure. <laughs> the Lords of Pleasure decree that you shall eat the tits <laughs> of your date. <laughs> I have to eat the tits of my date? Yes! Um... <laughs> Mm. Uh, no, so he's focused on the fact that he needs to buy her this fancy meal. But what she doesn't necessarily want a romantic evening. She likes the fact that the kids are noisy. She likes the fact that it's intimate in that kitchen. She She's not a girl that needs to be impressed. And that's the lesson of the episode. Charles, stop buying food to impress women. Didn't he learn that with Gwendolyn, like in the second yes. episode? Yeah, he did. Or the first episode? And that's what we learned. Charles doesn't really, I mean, he needs to learn lessons more than once. Because he's a dummy. He's dumb. I'd say he's more stupid than Buddy. At least Buddy knows what he's all about. At least Buddy has confidence in his decisions. Well, I will say this. Maybe Charles is just overwhelmed when that scene is a major flaw. <laughs> he's harried. He's, yeah. he's rearing three morons who don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> My name is Abraham Lincoln. Hark, I hear the kid. <laughs> God damn it, Jason. Oh, Jonathan, don't even. Yeah. You really hate You really hate that plot point. I think you really I, resent Jason for the fact that he can't get on stage and do that. Uh, yeah, actually, I do. But and wait a minute, I don't understand what her promotion was because she used to be a food critic and a movie critic. So what's her promotion? She has to go like interview the mayor or something because one of the other reporters can't do it. What did she become at the newspaper? I, maybe maybe she's like head of like the uh, the culture section now, as opposed to just writing an article. As opposed to writing reviews about Willy Wong's China. It, what was that Chinese restaurant that she went to? You know, if really you're just writing, speed. if you're writing, like, one article a week, as it seems to be, I'll give, I'll give her this. Maybe she's writing an article a day. Is she really so busy that she has to hire a live-in nanny? No! What no. is she doing with her life? <laughs> Every episode, she's like, I can't believe I have to go review this new Swedish film. Are you fucking kidding me? This That's must- your job? Go watch the movie and then write 400 words about it. What's the city they live in again? Copeland. Copeland, Copeland. must have the best, like, local newspaper Ever. Definitely. Or the or the worst. <laughs> what's, what, what state are they supposed to be in? That I don't know. Someplace on the East Coast. Yeah. Is it Pennsylvania? No, his his relatives live in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I want to. It's got to be lower than that. Maybe Carolina. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think so. I'll have to do some research, hmm. but not now. For some reason, I always thought it was like a, either uh, New Jersey or Massachusetts. Hmm. Oh, that'd be nice if it was in Massachusetts. It's not Jersey so much, but. 
<laughs> oh, I love Massachusetts. Have you been there in the oh, fall when the leaves change? You oh, watch it's the so darling. Oh, mm. I like the big blueberries. <laughs> I just like to watch the sunset behind the trees, just like with oh, a warm cup of yes. coffee. But yes. served to me in a mug with a very skinny handle that's glued to the side, and the glass is just too tall, and I can't really hold it. That's that's what I like. That's bring my coffee to me in that way. Character that knows Charles and will never be seen again. <laughs> Who knows? Spoiler. They may be referenced again. Spoil it for me. Does that character show up again? If you remember, does does I the waiter remember. show up? Oh, I hey, know Charles, we see more. I know we see the lamplighter more, but I don't know. Yeah, if we, Jonathan. Total spoilers. The reason I said it didn't work out with Michelle and Charles is because we never see Michelle again. Are you serious? Yep. For a show based in continuity, like pretty good continuity, that's surprising that we never see her again. He may mention her, but I do not remember it. I, yeah, wow. I don't think we see her. But again, I mean, there aren't that many more episodes left in the season either, so. Maybe Jason killed her out of, you know, maybe it was a monkey shine situation where Charles and Jason have a psychic link (laughs) and Jason just starts killing everyone that gets near to him. That would make so much sense. My Charles, mine, 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 mine. Yeah, Jason, you've killed again. Monkey shine. That's a classic monkey shine. Classic monkey shine. I can't keep cleaning up these bodies. Stop doing this. It'll be all right, Charles. Here. Here, Let me put your head him. on Jason, my breast, Charles. Jason, where's your mother? Where's your mother? She's in the bathtub? Oh my god, Jason, you didn't. Oh, where's the toaster? Oh no! <laughs> you shoved bologna sandwiches down her throat. You sick, sick kid. I love you, Charles. I know you do, Jason. I know you do. Da, 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 da. Monkey shiners! I killed Gwendolyn! <laughs> also, I broke a stereo! Also, thank you for feeding me. Even though it was Cheese Whiz, you're the only person that's bothered to do that in weeks. A single mouthful of Cheese Whiz I've been gnawing on a brick of Choco Cocoa Puffs. And Charles, I'm really surprised that Charles is so irresponsible. There's no way he would have allowed Jason to eat cereal for a meal back a few episodes ago. Like, there's no way he would have recommended Jason eating awful sugary breakfast cereal. I think this is all building to Charles's like, breakdown episode, maybe. I don't know. That's the speculation. Charles in charge. Will you? Will you? You already did. <laughs> Schneck Trouble here. Hello, I'm Schneck Trouble. I advocate you continue. You've already <laughs> begun it. I was at Temple the other day, and I actually met someone who hadn't seen this show, and I was like, what? I said, listen, I'll bring over some fresh pastrami. I'll bring over the show. We'll make a day of it. It'll be oh nice. We'll just sit down in the air conditioning. I've got 12 tapes. I got them on SLP so you can fit more on a tape. <laughs> I'm thrifty with my tapes. Guys, uh, once again, uh, I think it's time we have another kitty cat update. Cat attack update. Like a pussy cat. I'm sitting in my apartment. Mm-hmm. On the couch, I've got the I've got the door open, but the screen's there. Of course, the bedroom bedroom window is closed. Not that's not going to happen again. <laughs> um, it's the middle of the day, and I two people are walking by my apartment, and I can hear them outside. And they're like, "Hey, uh, they're just having a conversation." Hey, wait, what is what's what's that cat doing? And of course, this piques my interest. Like, and I see them looking at my window. They're like, "Hey, he's just looking at that window." There must be another cat inside that apartment. <laughs> He's just staring at that window. No way. They're just Dead waxing serious. about this walking Dead by. That's serious. You know what I bet? Cats I bet are just staring my window down. They want in. Wow. That's Brad. so creepy. Have you noticed those hundreds of cats that are staring through <laughs> that window at night? At night? 
Now, I've been noticing there's a lot of cats around here. Looking in that apartment, there must be a female cat in there. What is this voice you're doing, Alex? I'm just trying to do random accent voice. <laughs> what is this? You see this? <laughs> like weird Cajun man. You see these? Uh, yeah. I was coming out and they're like, hey, what's, that, what's going on over there? I see these jellicles all lined up in a row, like in there. They'll be, uh, don't you think just uh, stare at that window? <laughs> I don't. I had the Creole spear for a minute. I don't know. Nice. I just want it to be like the scene in The Birds where the kids are singing that song. I went to town to see my wife. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> and it's just cats on the playground, on the swings, on the monkey bars. They're coming for me. They're coming. They're coming. Brad, there's something in your apartment that's attracting these cats. It could be you. Maybe you're a cat dude and you never knew it. I'm not a cat dude. I hate cats. Maybe you're Dr. Doolittle. Do Maybe you you're hate Dr. Doolittle. I am Dr. Doolittle. That's... Maybe you're Kevin James in The Zookeeper. <gasps> Ever think about that? Maybe it's oh. the same thing as in like... They should be afraid um, because of my love of Marmaduke. <laughs> I mean, Marmaduke. I've got my big Marmaduke posters everywhere and my Marmaduke uh, stand-up and my all my Marmaduke merchandise. Shit. America's 17th favorite comic strip, K-9. I, stop it. I thought we could get through one episode without talking about Marmaduke. <laughs> it's Brad's number That's one. It. Number one in my I'm heart. I'm shutting this down. In your heart. Number 17 in reality, number, number one in my heart. Number two is Barfy. Number two is Barfy from the <laughs> Fable Circus. No, he's not. Barfy? No, he's not. not. Stop Stop eating my peschetti. Clearly, Odie is number two. What would Snoopy fall? Number one. Snoopy? I thought Marmaduke was. Oh, no, no I thought we were in talking about in reality. In my oh, heart. in reality. In my heart. In my heart. Oh, the Marmaduke is number one. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Snoopy's like third. In reality, Snoopy's yeah, number one. Yeah, in reality, Snoopy's number one. Well, yeah. Odie's number two. Cactus Jack is three. There you go. Fact. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Ram Jack. We've enjoyed, uh, we've enjoyed doing this episode. I know I have, guys. Oh, loved it. We got to a lot, heart a lot of matters. Guys, get back at us. You can do that in a whole spectrum of ways. Brad, how can they get back at us? You can email us at ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about that contest. Guys, call us. You can give us a voicemail at 206-339-5894. You can also find us online at curiosityabounds.com forward slash ramjack and, of course, on Facebook as well. We're also on Twitter at twitter.com slash ramjackpodcast. You're going to want to get on this contest before it's over. Defo. Find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Share us with the world. Also, uh, Brad is often asked uh, to you to send in your fears. Feel free to do that. But also maybe send in copies of your birth certificate so we can tell if you're uh, actual listeners. Yeah, I want to know where you're from. And where you've been, where you're going. That's what I want to know. That's all he wants to know. What are your intentions towards this podcast? Yes. Are they noble? You have noble intentions towards our podcast. I hope you do. Please do. Are you smart enough to listen to this podcast? Maybe I'd like to see your school records. I don't know. Maybe you found out about this podcast through affirmative action. (laughs) I don't know. I just want to know the information. Is it wrong to ask questions? I don't feel it's wrong. It's never wrong to ask questions, Jonathan. Guys, um, you just keep talking. I'm going to step out of the room for a second. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh okay okay see you brad cool. guys again. we're almost done but you know you, you think brad could have stayed for 30 more seconds before we finished the show but whatever oh, brad's got something he's got to, oh wait oh, there's there's a oh, knock on my door i gotta go I gotta open it oh hello oh, it's wonderful to see you it's me schneck uh gentlemen I, I thought we could all celebrate the death of osama bin Laden together oh usa and i thought we could get together USA. i brought some pastrami and i thought we could watch a wonderful little movie called This eagle's place is in the sky She's still got a lot of flying to do 
you can see it in her eye though she's cried a bit for what we've put her through she soared above the lifted lamp that guards sweet freedom's door in the dews the damps the watch fires of a nation torn by war oh she's far too young to die you can see it in her eye she's not yet begun to fly it's time to let the mighty eagle soar once more let the eagle soar like she's never soared before from rocky coast to golden shore let the mighty country's far too young to die she's still got a lot of climbing to do home of the free and the brave <laughs> every heart beats true on the red wine where there's never a boast or brag 